Definition of faith, because I know Eric's already talked about that, but we know from what Hebrews 11, 1, is that right? Faith is, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So that tells us that faith is actual proof of something. And doesn't that feel weird to think that faith is proof when you can't see it? But that's what the word says. It says faith is the proof of the evidence that you can't see yet. So it's like, wow. So we have to get out of our natural mind here and really think in our spiritual mind and tap into our spirit. Because God, I mean, as I studied this out, it was just, I was like, Eric, I mean, he was probably like, quit preaching to me. I said, but this is so amazing. I said, do you realize that everything we need is in the spirit realm? Everything we need is there. And guess what? He gave us this measure of faith to grow and develop so that we could get it from the spirit realm to the natural realm, to the seen realm. So when you think of, when you think, well, I need this, 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 and this, it's there. It's all there. We just have to get this lined up with what's there so we can get it here. I don't know about you, but during the fast, my fast was fasting, being critical. I failed times <laughs> I'm sure none of you did right because you guys you are on it but I failed and um, it was like man praise God that God's still right there every time we're like because we're moving forward and we're working towards it but you know I just I thought I've gotten back into a bad habit of not declaring what I want from there to there. I've been speaking the problems way too much. Way too much. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Now, this is like, you know, okay, I've already listened to 15 CDs. I mean, I I had my iPod on. I went to the chiropractor. I I was listening to one laying there. She was like, what? You're just a little teeny bop. I said, no, I'm listening to teaching tapes on faith. And she's like, oh, okay. I, mean, I was in the grocery store, had my iPod, listening to the CDs. You know, 30 CDs to try to get through takes a while. Well, 39 with the other ones, and that wasn't even all of them. I didn't get the other 35 set. So, you know, we're going to have to grow our faith on purpose. So tonight we're going we're gonna to dive in here. And we know that we've been learning about the kingdom, haven't we? The kingdom of God. Well, how many of you know that we aren't going to get everything when we seek the kingdom without operating in faith? The first thing we get when we come into the kingdom is salvation by faith, right? We believe, and then by faith, we receive salvation. And we, I believe everyone here is saved 
And we can have the assurance of knowing that by faith we've received salvation and we are going to heaven should we no longer need this earth suit, right? So we can say that faith is the number one priority to get everything in the kingdom. Okay. So the first thing that we got to know is that we are to fight the good fight of faith. Now, see, tonight, some of these are going to go, I know these scriptures. I know them. I know them. But you know what? We don't know them like we should know them. So it's don't don't block out what you already know because if if we knew them, knew them to the capacity that God wants there we just wouldn't there would be nothing that bothered us i don't know about you but there's stuff that bothers me you know this last year man i let stuff bother me i wanted to quit anybody wanted to quit ever doing i didn't want to quit god Okay, but I wanted to quit this (laughs) because I allowed hurt to come in and I wanted to run from God. That's exactly where the devil wants us. He wants us to run. He wants us to run away from what God has for us. And he does it by trying to steal our faith. Either something didn't go the way that we were believing God for or The attack was really strong, and we got to a place where we were weak and well-doing, and we were like, I'm done. Right? Well, God wants us to be so strong in our faith that that place doesn't come for us. And it is a process. Okay? It's a process for every one of us. And however fast we go depends on each one of us. By how much we trust God, how much we just totally rely on him. So let's look at 1 Timothy 6.12. I'm going to be reading in the... This isn't going to match what what version I'm reading because um, the computer locked us out of the other versions. But a lot of it's going to be in the Amplified tonight because, you know, I'm a girl. I like many words. So... 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. That means it's a good fight, right? It didn't say fight the fight of faith. It said fight the good fight. So the good fight means we win. Lay hold of the eternal life to which you were summoned and for which you confess the good confession. So there's what we're, we're, we're confessing, right? The good confession of faith. Everyone say good confession of faith. Before many witnesses. Okay, so here comes the Greek words that you're like, some of you are like, I don't care about a Greek word, but here it is. Because what this tells us is the same meaning. You know, we can really misinterpret the word if we don't understand the, the Greek or the Hebrew meaning of the word. And, and we've definitely found that out a lot. And so this... The word faith is in the scriptures of the New Testament 239 times. How many of you know that's a lot of times? 239 times, it means this same thing. It's in there more than that, but it, it is the majority, the 90%, 95% of it is this meaning. And it's the word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. 
there's a lot of different forms. There's like three or four other, and it's pisto and pistis and pistos. And so, but they all mean the same. And it's total reliability on God. It's moral conviction. It's reliance upon Christ for salvation abstractly. It's assurance, belief, fidelity, commitment. I mean, it's just everything you can think of on, you know how whenever you take the, what is it, the nest tea plunge, you know, where they just, that's what faith is. It's just totally relying on God that he is going to take care of you. Okay, let's look at Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Okay, that word faith there is the same Greek word. As one of the fruit of the Spirit, it's right there. Meekness, temperance against such, there is no law. Okay, Habakkuk, Old Testament back there, 2.4. Look at the proud. His soul is not straight or right within him, but the rigidly just and the uncompromisingly righteous man shall live by his faith and in his faithfulness. So, are you the just? Yes, if you're a believer, say, I'm the just. Are you the righteous? If you're a believer, you're the righteous. Okay? And how are we supposed to live? By what? By faith. Not by just belief, but by faith. Because faith and belief are different. Remember? We're going to get to that. Galatians 3.11. Now it is evident that no person is justified, declared righteous, and brought into right standing with God through the law. For the scripture says, the man in right standing with God, the just, the righteous, shall live by and out of faith. And he who through and by faith is declared righteous and in right standing with God shall live. So what declares us righteous? Faith. Believing in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Amen. Hebrews 10, 38. I'm just giving you the just shall live by faith. So you are going to know what you're supposed to live by. Okay. But the just shall live by faith. Do we got it? Galatians 5, 6. For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith. Activated and energized and expressed and working through love. I like that. But only faith. Activated, energized, and expressed. That's a lot of uh, adjectives. Is it an adjective? Activated is probably a verb, isn't it? Okay. Love is the motivator, but faith is the activator. Love is the motivator. But faith is the activator. Have any of you had to um, love somebody by faith? Amen. 
Doesn't the Bible say if you love the unlovely, well, how, I mean, the lovely, how, well, that's not too hard, is it? The true test comes when we have to love the unlovely. Ouch. Oh, my goodness. That's where I, yeah, I could give you some stories of where I've messed up on uh, wanting to um, put my hands on somebody. In my family, okay, wouldn't be, you know. Okay, let's, let's get, stay away from there. Obedience is by faith. When we give to the Lord and we give our tithes and offerings, are you giving it just out of obedience? Are you giving it in faith knowing that God says that he gives seed to the sower and that it is a spiritual law with God that whenever you sow, you reap? So it is obedience and faith. Okay, so the first thing I want you to put down here is on number one is faith and belief are different. The definition sounds really close. You know, faith and belief sounds really close. But just, okay, this is another story. I know Eric did the one with water. But let's say you're starving to death and you're in a grocery store. And you believe that if you eat that food, you won't die. You won't starve to death. You believe it, you believe it, you believe it, and you fall over dead because you can believe it till you're blue in the face and dead, but if you don't eat it, then you're going to die, right? So belief is believing it. Faith is eating the food. So it is putting action behind what you believe. Okay? Does that make sense? So there are a lot of people that believe that God can heal them. But they don't make it. Because sometimes we wait to develop our faith till we have something incurable to believe God for. And the faith is here and it needed to have been developed to believe God for something that big. We need to practice growing our faith on all of our little things, on, on getting along with people in love when we don't feel like it, on, on um, the regular sickness that tries to come upon us, you know? It doesn't mean that we're never going to be sick. It, doesn't, it means that as we continue to, to speak the word and use our faith, that We'll get over things faster, but I'm believing that we're, one of these days we're going to get to a place where we don't have to have any of it, like Jesus, but we're just not quite there yet, right? But we do have the power and authority in us to do it because we have the same power. I mean, the songs tonight were awesome, went right along with this. So faith and belief must work together. Faith, faith is acting on what you believe. Faith requires action. Number two, faith requires action. Matthew 6, 30, 33 says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Is seek an action verb? So if we're seeking, then we're putting action towards seeking the kingdom. It doesn't just come to us. We have to seek. We have to do something. We have to do something to get it, right? 
Okay, number three, authority must be exercised. Let's read Matthew 8, 5 through 11. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word. So Jesus is acting on his faith, isn't he? But just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now, when Jesus heard this, he marveled. I don't know about you, but marveling Jesus, that's big. Don't you think? I mean, to marvel Jesus? He marveled and said to those who were following. So he didn't say it just to him. He said it to everybody that was there. He said it out loud for everyone to hear. Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. This guy was a Gentile, you know, and so he wasn't expecting such great faith to come from a Gentile. Jesus said, great faith, that great faith was activated, was activated by doing something. What happened? He said, all you have to do is speak the word and I declare my servant is healed. So he spoke forth, and when he got back there, was he healed? But he had to believe that his servant was healed the moment that Jesus, the moment that he asked Jesus for that. And see, that's where we have a hard time. But we have got to start seeing every time you ask the Lord for something, as long as it lines up with his word, okay, let's clarify that as long as it lines up with his word and it's not um, something that's way out there that he would be going no way he gave it to you the moment you asked see that's where our minds have a really hard time with that because that is unlogical because I can't see it I can't see that he he gave that to me but we're going to have to start just close your eyes And just see this place that has everything you need. And he's saying, it's all yours. But he doesn't doesn't just say, here you go, kids. How many of you know you don't lavish things on your kids when they're in rebellion? You don't lavish things on your kids when they're not obeying you and doing what they're supposed to do to get the blessing, right? So God's saying, okay, kids, here's what I need you to do. I've given you all power and all authority. By what Jesus did on the cross, he died. He said, I've given you all power and all authority, right? So the same, just like the song said, the same spirit that, what, what was that conquered the grave, lives in us. The kingdom is within us. So that means we have a right to everything in that spirit realm that's ours that we need. 
whether it's money, whether it's healed marriages, whether it's healed bodies, we have a right to it. But we're going to talk about what we have to do to get it, okay? All right, let's see. Matthew eight twenty three. When he got into the boat, his disciples followed him, and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea. So that boat was being covered with the waves, but Jesus himself was asleep. And they came to him and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we're perishing. I mean, Jesus is on the boat. If I was in a plane with Jesus, I wouldn't, I think I'm safe. Right? So you would think, okay, the apostles have seen some pretty awesome works already, right? Why would they have to go wake him up? Because their eyes were on the storm. I've had my eyes on the storm sometimes. Don't raise your hand. Okay, where are we at? Save us, Lord, we're perishing. And he said to them, why are you afraid, you men of little faith? Now, if Jesus tells us we have little faith, we might, like, get offended. And then Peter said, get, I mean, Jesus went up and said, get behind me, Satan. It's like, ooh, this is, this is one of main Peter's, I mean, Jesus' main guys here. Get behind me, Satan. It's like, oh, my goodness. Well, Jesus is like, oh, you of little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the winds. So did Jesus do something? Did he have an action? He rebuked the winds with his voice, didn't he? Did God create the world with his voice? Did he speak and it was? He gave us that same creative ability. Everything we have here was in the spirit before we got it. Because everything was spirit before it was manifested in any kind of scene realm. There's nothing here that wasn't spirit. Okay, I'm not talking about what man has perverted and twisted and everything after it was already here. So Jesus acted... He spoke, and they were like, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? That's why we can, whenever it's storming, we can go out there and say, I rebuke these winds in the name of Jesus. I command this storm to dissipate and go from here in the name of Jesus. And we've been out there. Eric's been out in our front yard, backyard. Just he didn't care what neighbor heard him. He's speaking to that storm. When that storm went over us and hit in Kansas, well, we don't want it to hit anywhere, but we were covering our territory. But that doesn't mean you ought to be praying. We, we're going to have corporate, so do you know, I know Pastor Eric's praying, but okay, let's all, let's all do it together, okay? All right. What about, um, okay, we're talking about authority must be exercised. Let's say we have a police officer. And he goes into this quick stop, and a robbery takes place. And he's just standing there. And this criminal comes, after he's robbed the quick stop, he comes up to him, and he's standing right there. And it's kind of like, nanny, nanny, boo-boo. And he goes and gets in his getaway car, 
and drives off. Well, see, the police officer had the authority to arrest him, but he didn't do it. So if we don't use the authority that we have been given, things don't happen. Does that make sense? So we have to provide the action with our faith. Okay, faith requires growth and development. You know, I, when, you, when you look in the Greek and the Hebrew and you look at some things and you're thinking, well, that word's not in there. I mean, it's not, it's, it reads weird. It, it's not like left to right all the time. You know, it's right to left, but then it's still not totally right because, you know, you have, it's like, and it'll have 9999, and it's saying that wasn't the, in the original manuscript. So it says that God has given us the, the measure of faith. And then some people have, some versions will say a measure, but it says measure of faith. Well, God says he's no respecter of persons. So he's not going to give you a measure and you a measure and you a measure, and they'd be all different measures because he is an equal God, you know? So he gives us, he deal, it says like each one was dealt a measure, the measure of faith. So we all get the same measure of faith. Amen. Kenneth Copeland didn't get a double dose of faith when he got saved. He tells the story of believing God for food for his family. He didn't call. He didn't go somewhere to ask for food. He believed God, and he acted on his faith. And miraculously, I remember the story about this woman that she, or man, God prompted, prompted then the Holy Spirit to go buy a gallon of milk. Didn't know why. And then drove by, was driving around. It's like, we'll turn here. We'll turn here. It's like, okay. And went to this house and said, well, I just feel like that I'm supposed to give you this gallon of milk. Well, the baby hadn't eaten and was screaming. And they were just believing and having faith that God was going to provide. And there was the milk. Now, that is acting on your faith. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I haven't had to believe God for food. But there are places, and, and some of you have. But there are places in other countries and in the United States where that some people don't eat for days. So we have, we have so much abundance here. I mean, so much abundance. Okay, where was I? Growing our faith. So if we all have the same measure, but it's up to us to grow it, develop it. If we have, it says even if you have the size of a little mustard seed. Well, you know what? The mustard seed doesn't stay the mustard seed. It says it grows into a great big tree. That's what the kingdom of God is going to do. When it says the kingdom of God is like, and it compares the kingdom of God to a mustard seed, and it's going to grow. Well, our faith, when it can be a mustard seed, but God doesn't want it to stay the mustard seed. He wants it to grow and become big. Do you believe that? Okay, let's look at Matthew 9, verse 20. And a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she was saying to herself, 
If I only touch his garment, I will get well. But Jesus, turning and seeing her, said, so we've got, she was saying to herself, I looked that up too, and, and the word said, I mean, word said is the same Greek word that's used for speak, which is like 292 times in there, and it is to speak. So she might not have been saying it to anybody else, but she was saying, you know how the, remember when there was muse and mutter, you know, I believe that if I could just touch. So she wasn't just thinking, didn't say she was thinking it. So she acted on her faith and no telling how long she'd heard about Jesus coming and he was coming. You know, I don't know how the news traveled, but she knew about Jesus. She'd heard about his healing power, how much he'd gone in and and healed them all. So she had been building her faith to know that she was going to act on her belief of saying, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. Right? So she was acting on it. Faith will produce results over time. Sometimes it's faster than others. One one testimony was um, this guy had a he had a growth on his chest and he'd had it removed as a teenager and the doctor said before he was a faith man and um, understood that God that God wanted to heal um, he had it removed and the doctor said it'll probably return on the other side and it did after he was married and everything and he just began every day however many t- i mean whenever you think thought of it i declare this gone it is gone in the name of jesus this growth is gone it's gone i believe i receive it's gone he didn't say it's going to go he said it's gone and it took one year it took one year and one morning he was in the shower was like oh it's gone But it took a year of faithful speaking to say it's gone. And what happens is we give up before that year or, I mean, one was 12. This lady was 12 years. So we've got to just have some tenacity to stick in there and say, no, I will have this. I will not be moved by what I see. Amen. You know, that bulldog faith or that at the conference, they said snapping turtle faith. (laughs) You know, snapping turtles don't let go, right? So we've got to not let go what we're declaring. James 1, 2 says, Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort. Now, we don't like this scripture. But what you've ha- got to go b- past. We are not counting it joyful for the trial. We're counting it joyful for what it's going to do to our faith. Because it says that, consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in. Have, ever, have any of you ever felt enveloped by trials? That means like it's all around you. And you encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. Everything good is from God. Okay? 
But we are tested with the word operating in our life. Now, does the enemy bring some stuff on us? Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, God says that he'll work everything out for our good if we'll just use our faith. Amen? That's what he promises us. Our faith is the conduit that God uses. It's the way he designed things to be. Matthew 9, 27 says, As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, crying out. So what were the the blind men doing? They were crying out because they wanted to be healed. They were crying out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came up to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe? And that word believe is faith. See, the translators put believe. But it's faith. It's the word faith. It's that, it's that word that we talked, the pistis word. It says, do you have faith that I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, it shall be done to you according to your faith. So if they hadn't acted and asked and been there and said, we, we have faith, they wouldn't be healed. But be it unto them according to their faith. So did they get something from God because of their faith? Okay, let's look at Matthew 9, 35. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming. Okay, so Jesus was going through. So he was in motion. He was moving, right? He was teaching in the synagogues. He was proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and he was healing every kind of disease, right? So he was preaching the kingdom, and what followed? Healing. Because he was speaking life. And it has creative force when we're speaking God's word. Matthew 14, 24 says, And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. So, again, was Jesus doing something? When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. (laughs) That would be kind of a weird deal, wouldn't it? It's a ghost. They cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Well, Jesus just said, It is I. And then Peter says, Lord, if it's you. So see, you know, here the the apostles, the disciples here, they walked with Jesus. And they're still like, Lord, if it's you, after Jesus, Jesus just said, it is I. And Peter, Peter says, okay. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come. Well, there wasn't anything else Jesus could do but say come because what did Peter put him in the position of? Right? Peter said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come. Well, Jesus is like, well, yeah, well, it's me, so come, Peter. Right? He didn't have to. He didn't have to walk on the water. But he put Jesus in that place to say, If it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Peter acted and walked on the water. How many of you have walked on water? (laughs) I don't know about you. When I step forth into the pool, swimming pool, I'm down. Right? 
you go down unless there's something in there to stand on and it just looks like i mean whenever eric went to israel they had something in the water in the sea of galilee or something where they could walk on the water you know it was you know had water about this much over it so that it looked like they were walking on the water Peter acted and walked on the water. Then he saw the storm. And it says, well, we haven't got to that, that part of the scripture. Maybe I cut it out. It's it. Oh, yeah, right at the It says he began to sink. Okay, I don't know about you, but you don't really begin to sink. You're just down. I mean, you're thinking, this was like a split second. How was it Jesus saved me and Jesus saved him before he went under? And here's this storm raging. I mean, isn't that like, wow, how could that have happened? So circumstances will always bring fear. The word saw, when, when Peter saw the storm, he got his eyes off of who? Jesus and onto the storm. So he got his eyes on the sense realm. On this scene realm, he got his eyes there instead of on the supernatural realm, the spirit realm. So that's a major key for us. We have, we have got to not be moved. And believe me, I am preaching and teaching to me. So it's just, it's like I want to have greater faith. Do you? I do. I just want to see some, you know, awesome things. And I know it's going to require more of me. So cir- say, write that down. Circumstances will always bring fear. If we focus on the word, who, the written word, but is Jesus the word made flesh and dwelt among us? Listen to me. We don't deny the circumstances. Okay, you know, somebody has a broken arm, you're going, no, my arm's not broken. Nope, got a cast on it. Nope. The symptoms are, you know, that you have this broken arm. But I am the healed of God. This arm is healed in Jesus' name. Because some people will be going, you are crazy. Don't say God is going to heal. Because, see, then you're putting healing in the future and you haven't said, I believe I received it the moment I asked. And I don't know about you, but I've been guilty of that. You know, we're believing God for this. No. We, when we say we're out of debt, our needs are met, we have plenty more to put in store. Doesn't that seem weird to say? I'm out of debt, our needs are met. I got plenty more to put in store. And I added, and to advance the kingdom of God in the earth. So, how many of you want to be out of debt? That needs to be something you're saying. I mean, the last, since I've been studying this, it's just like, I've got, you know, I'm praying for the church for all of you, but you got to pray for yourself. I declare that Eric and I and all that we are stewards over, all that we own, all that we put our hands to is out of debt. Our needs are met and we have plenty more to put in store and advance the kingdom of God on the earth. Abraham, it says, the Bible says that Abraham was very rich. Look it up. Solomon was very rich. David was very wealthy. So don't think, don't, don't read some of the scriptures and twist them around and say, well, you know, the rich man. It's all the heart. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil, not money. 
It's loving it where you don't obey God anymore and where you're not doing what God wants you to do with it. Amen? Pastor John at, at Church on the Rock, he, I mean, he is declaring that. He's like, I want you guys filthy rich. But you better know what you're going to do with it when you get it. Because he knows your heart. And the wealth of the wicked, whenever the transfer of wealth comes, I'm getting it. Are you, you better be declaring it because it's not just coming because you want it and you believe you can have it. You got to know what to do with it. That's right, Carolyn. That is right. Okay. All right, Peter, it says he had little faith. Jesus said you had little faith. Walking on water doesn't seem little to me. But the problem is, if he hadn't looked at the storm, he would have made it all the way, and he wouldn't have sunk, and he would have been able to say, you had great faith. So we just got to see it through to the great faith. Right? So it wasn't that he had faith. He walked on water. That's incredible. So we just got to see it all the way through. Because there's, there's a lot of different things that he talks about on, in the Bible about great faith, little faith, all different sizes. So we can see that we're all at a different place. But we know that we could all be at a greater place if we just work towards it. Right? All right. Um, so we're not going to deny our circumstances. Listen to this. You don't deny your circumstances, but you deny your circumstances, the authority to dictate your life. Write that down. That is awesome. You don't deny your circumstances. You may be going through a really difficult time. You don't deny it, but you just so point yourself to the answer that they, that, the circumstances and the situation around you cannot bring you down. Now that's, that's where we're going. I know we're not there yet. We still let stuff get to us. So don't, don't beat yourself up on that you let something bother you. Hey, I let a lot of stuff bother me. But I don't want to continue to, right? I mean, as we learn about faith, I want us as, as a church to just by next year look at us and go, we, I don't even recognize us. Look at what's happening. Look at what God did here, 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 and here because we are so activating our faith. Amen? Amen? And like all your situations and our situations are just turning around and we're going, wow, well, this one's out of debt and this one's out of debt and this one's in, and this marriage healed and this body's healed. And it's like, oh, this is cool. That's what God wants for us. Amen? Okay, so just remember, don't den- you don't have to deny it. Just deny the fact that they're not going to rule you. Faith is persistent. Faith is persistent. You know, the, this backs me up here, but Philippians 4.19, that says what? My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Do you know I looked up shall supply, and shall supply is that future. So God says, I've gone before, ahead of you and made sure everything's there for you. 
before you even need it. That's why it's already there in the spirit realm because he said he shall supply. He didn't say he is supplying. He's, he shall supply. So that means every one of us, everything has already been taken care of us, care for us over here, ahead of us. That's why whenever we can pray for something and we can say, I believe I receive it, we just got it. We just can't see it with these eyes yet. Okay? But it's more real than here. Because it says everything we can see with our eyes right here is temporal. So that's more real. And it's more real to us here. Okay? Are you getting this? All right. Faith is persistent. In Matthew 15, it says, Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of Syria and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. The woman believed God for her daughter to be set free. In Matthew 15, it says, But he did not answer her a word. He seemed to take time to consider her request because he didn't say anything, to give her the opportunity to exercise her faith. And his disciples came and implored him, saying, send her away because she keeps shouting at us. Get her out of here. She's making too much noise. She wants you to do something for her. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He was telling her that he came to to preach the gospel to the Jews. So, you know, I don't know about you having this. You know, that's not what he was saying to her, but that's what he was, because she was pressing in. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. She wanted what the Jews were getting. She wanted her daughter delivered. And he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the, to the dogs. Well, how can... what the Jews have and give it to the Gentiles, right? But she said, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She was telling Jesus, I don't want to lessen the provision for the Jews, for the Jewish nation Israel. I don't want to lessen their provision. I'll just take what falls off the table. That'll be enough to heal my daughter. She wasn't wanting to take away. It was like, but I'll just take the crumbs and my daughter will be healed. The woman kept coming. She kept following. She acted on her faith. She kept pursuing Jesus, and her daughter was healed. In Matthew 16, it says, And the disciples came to the other side of the sea, but they had forgotten to bring any bread. Well, I think that the miracle of the bread being multiplied, it already happened once before this. So they knew the deal. They knew the miraculous power of Jesus taking loaves of bread and fish and multiplying it. But they didn't bring the bread. And Jesus said to them, Watch out and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They began to discuss this among themselves, saying, Jesus said this because we didn't bring any bread. They started murmuring, didn't they? Why did he say that to us? What's Jesus doing with that? But Jesus, aware of this, said... You men of little faith. 
bringing bread would have been an action for the disciples. Men of little faith. Little faith is the seed of great faith. And it's not to be despised. We got some. (laughs) Amen. We got the measure of faith. Praise God. Now let's just grow it into the great big tree, right? Okay. Well, you know, it's 8 o'clock, so definitely not done, but I'll do what, what, uh, I can finish it next week, right? So, are, have you gotten anything out of this? Yes. 